It was not that she did not care for her mother and father. On the contrary, she loved them both very dearly. She had always been aware, however, that as far as her father was concerned, she came very much second to her mother, whose wants always had to be considered first, and whose able handling of household affairs left her daughter with very little to do. Lady Hope cast a long shadow from which Eustatia had expected to emerge— This now seemed to be unlikely for the foreseeable future. She was roused from her moment of reverie by the sound of someone else entering the vestry. Turning, she saw the vicar standing on the threshold. "Uh, uh, "'Have you found it?' he asked her. His eyes met hers briefly, then darted away in search of the flask. It occurred to her that he was embarrassed by her situation. She wondered whether that would be her fate to be a source of embarrassment as the jilted Miss Hope from now on. "'Ah, there it is!' he exclaimed at last in relieved tones, spotting the flask where it stood half-concealed behind a pile of musty-looking books. With hands that shook a little, he poured some water into the glass that acted as a lid for the flask. Eustatia wondered whether in thirty years of ministry such a thing had ever happened to him before. When they had set off from Woodfield Park that morning, nothing had occurred that might have acted as a warning that Mr. Morrison would let her down. Sir Wilfrid, looking pleased and proud and still upright and well-proportioned at the age of fifty, with a dash of distinguishing white at his temples, had handed his daughter into the barouche. Eustatia, in a gown of cream silk embroidered with golden roses, had looked charming and bridal. Her gown had, of course, been chosen by her mother. Lady Hope, five feet eight inches in her stocking feet, and built on generous lines, had never tried to make her daughter into a copy of herself. Eustatia, at just five feet, and Petite, with a neat, shapely figure, and her father's lustrous dark brown hair and hazel eyes, would have looked absurd trying to wear the kind of styles that her mamma carried off so well. Lady Hope had gone to the church earlier, looking ravishing in a delectable pink gown that complemented her blonde beauty to admiration. No doubt on arrival at St. Peter's, she'd made a stunning entrance as always, filling the church with clouds of perfume and overwhelming all those present with the force of her personality. Before her marriage, Lady Hope had been an actress— Unlike many of her profession, however, she had employed a strict chaperone and had never permitted any admirers to take the slightest liberty. Her acting career had ended where it had begun, in Bath. After a brief meteoric rise in her career, at the zenith of which seats at the Theatre Royal were almost impossible to procure, and some of which had even been occupied by royalty— She had abandoned the stage in order to marry Sir Wilfrid Hope after a brief courtship. Sir Wilfrid was not the most handsome of her suitors, although he did cut a very fine figure in riding dress. Nor was he the richest or the most dashing of the supplicants for her favours. Her striking beauty had attracted the attention of a number of rich and titled gentlemen, one of whom had been the notorious libertine Lord Eilam, Sir Wilfrid did, however, have two distinct advantages over his rivals. The first was that his estates were situated in Yorkshire, 
well away from Bath and London, so that it was unlikely that Claire Delahaye, as she was then, would find her past coming back to haunt her. He was, furthermore, one of the few who offered marriage, and Miss Delahaye wanted to be respectable above all else. Needless to say, there were cynics who predicted that the former actress would soon take steps to relieve the tedium of her country existence by taking lovers, or even by deserting her husband for long periods in search of the thrills that only a big city could provide. They were to be disappointed. Once settled on their country estate, Sir Wilfrid and his lady seemed content to remain there. They made occasional visits to York and Harrogate for shopping and for the assemblies and concerts. Sir Wilfrid travelled to London on business from time to time, but always unaccompanied, and Lady Hope concerned herself with the needs of their tenants and the running of the house.